Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. I asked Dr. Bruce Elsie to join me again because while he is the inventor and developer of precious cat litters, which are pretty much renowned all over the world and particularly America, he also developed a cat food called Clean Protein. And it, it spoke to issues that I learned a lot about when researching the Cat Bible. And all of you know that I've always said, until we're all blue in the face, obligate carnivores, they must eat meat. Their bodies can't process carbs. That's not what they're designed for. And Dr. Elsie came to the same conclusion, having a feline-only cat clinic for years and years, that the health of cats starts with what they eat. I think that's what you would think, Dr. Elsie. So I'd like you to talk about protein versus carbohydrate in the in a in a cat's diet and in its stomach and in its whole body which obviously starts with what it eats which for most cats is not just what if you will nature intended a mouse a bird a lizard a bug the things it would find if it were a wild beast still so you're you must have been concerned about the issue of carbohydrates in cats or you would not have gone to the incredible trouble and expense and risk of creating your own cat food i would imagine Yes, well, uh, yeah, certainly I am concerned about uh, carbohydrates in cat food. Um, and more than that, I would say that I am concerned about there not being uh, the amount of protein and the correct type of protein mm -hmm. in cat foods. Um, the carbohydrates have got uh, a place certainly for omnivores and but really not so much in the diet of a true carnivore uh, a carbohydrates are an energy source that uh, when you eat carbohydrates it's converted to sugar pretty much immediately and then that sugar that's not utilized as energy then is converted into fat and we have a problem with overweight cats just Gosh, like yes. we do overweight people mm -hmm. uh, carbohydrate the metabolism of it is uh, different from the way protein is metabolized uh, 
in order for protein to be used as an energy source, it has to be what's referred to as deaminated. So uh, it's a process that takes longer. And so you don't get that sugar, if you will, so quickly. Right. It also has the effect of uh, suppressing appetite more. So protein has those advantages if there if you have problems with kitties that are becoming overweight, and as a result of that, we've really seen a, a huge uptick in cats that have got diabetes. So if you can get onto a very low uh, carbohydrate diet, uh, for example, the prescription diets that are out there to treat diabetic cats are below 8% carbohydrate. They, our clean protein diet is actually below 5% carbohydrate. Which is dramatic. You can actually, you can act, yes, you can actually reverse cats, diabetes, by just changing their diet from a, uh, what I would call a high carbohydrate diet to a diet that's low in carbohydrate. So it just speaks to the fact of how foreign carbohydrate really is in a cat's natural diet. A cat's natural diet is around 60% protein, uh, a mouse, a bird, uh, insects. Mm -hmm. They're up around 60% carbohydrate. Where, I mean, you meant, carbohydrate, pro you protein. meant protein, right? No, I knew what you meant, but that's, I mean, protein, right? Yeah, so it's really a foreign sort of thing for an obligate carnivore to be consuming. And you're right, if, if, if you have no animal based protein in a cat's diet, they won't survive. You can actually. If there's no meat in their diet or no animal-based protein in their diet, they die. So that's obviously not the case in people or in dogs, either one. That's right. We can live on anything. We could. We, yeah. Apparently, we could all live just on Krispy Kremes from now until kingdom come, and we'd look like <laughs> blimps, but somehow our bodies would figure out what to do with it. I want to go back to, to what you said about prescription diets for diabetes. One of the things that I've discussed over the years on Cat Chat with Dr. Elizabeth Hodgkins is that we believe, not as in faith belief, but based on science and facts, that diabetes in the cat is a man-made disease created by feeding them highly processed carbohydrates, whether from an early age or at any point as, as an exclusive diet, and that it throws their system off. And the reason you can reverse diabetes by feeding them a correct food is because you created the disease in the first place. And so I, I, I'm sure you'll have a comment about that, and maybe you think that's too radical. And Dr. Donna Spector, who did the Expert Vet show with me on this network, she also believed that. We said that dry food only, the commercially made dry food, in a moment we'll talk about what you created with clean protein, is not an appropriate diet for the cat. And it will, it might survive, but it will not thrive. And I would even say maybe it won't even survive because it will die young from the various diseases caused by feeding carbohydrates to an obligate carnivore. So the prescription diets 
one of my big beefs with them is, okay, so you're going to give me a food, which by the way, may have somewhat low carbohydrates, but it's still got a lot of carbs in there. And that's going to solve the problem, which could have been solved right then and there or six months earlier or six years earlier by feeding canned or some other version of meat food to the cat. Do you think that that is too radical a statement, too too extreme? Um, you know, I don't know if uh, the science is really out there or if there is, you know, there has to be something that drives the science, if you will. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think oftentimes food companies uh, if there's not a reason, a financial reason to drive the science, then they don't go there. Well, quite the opposite, uh, right? I mean, you don't want science to prove right. that the less expensive food to make, which you're promoting on television and ads and to veterinarians, is causing sometimes irreparable harm. I think the science is there, Dr. Elsie, in an empirical sense. It doesn't have to be done with a $250,000 right. study at the Ohio State University, if you will. Dr. Elizabeth said that diabetes, she also had a feline-only practice, as you do, that diabetes was until the advent of feeding dry food to cats. Cats didn't have diabetes, and they weren't obese. Right. They were mostly yeah, indoor well, no, outdoor. I think, right? I think that that is actually correct. I think that that is that that's absolutely correct. I, I think that uh, high carbohydrate uh, has led to the problem that we're seeing with cats that are diabetic. No doubt about that. Good. And the diabetes also goes hand in hand with the obesity because just like with that Krispy Kreme diet that I was mentioning for humans. If you take in carbs, and in that case, covered in sugar as well, and they become sugar and you don't need that energy immediately, it goes right to your belly, to your thighs, to your neck. It goes wherever we store fat and to the cat, to their midsection. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you're giving them calories that their body doesn't know what to do with. Do you think that's that's a, a direct co- correlation? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. So let's talk about what you, I I mean, I'm gratified to hear that because you and I have never had this conversation before. And, you know, there's some, even a couple of feline only vets that I never invited on the show because I actually did what I thought was professional and polite, which was to say to them ahead of time, if our conversation at any time goes to disease processes, as in diabetes or kidney disease, amongst other things, and obesity for sure, I feel very strongly that people should be told not to feed kitty crack, which is my name for any of the commercially available dry foods. Would you agree with that? And when they disagreed vehemently, oh, no, we only tell people to use wet food when they have a diabetic cat. I'm like, oh, my God, you've missed the point that I didn't invite them on because I don't want to argue with people. And I and I didn't mean to put you on the spot by my saying a pretty categorical statement, but I'm, I'm really – I'm not surprised because otherwise, why would you have gone at a, at a stage in your life when you were incredibly successful with your litter company and wanted to spend time with your family and, and your cats to develop a, a brand new version of cat food? The, I know that the expense of doing that is astronomical, just to invent it, to to experiment with it, to create machinery that makes something that no one has made before. So I salute you for that. And 
I guess it really does prove that you're not going to stop doing things that speak for the cat, that speak to the wellness of a cat, that avoid problems. I mean, prevention is way better than than a cure or a treatment. So how did you, so how did you go about creating a pet food from scratch in a brand new way, a cat food? Well, I guess I you know I'm I, I'm kind of on rehab, I guess, from that standpoint <laughs> as far as. So, so I was that guy, you know, I was that guy who recommended, okay, just feed canned food. Right. Don't feed your cat dry food. But you look at the statistics and over 90% of the cats out there are getting dry food. Yeah. If you try and find, I mean, I've tried to locate cats that are on just canned food to do studies on. And it's almost impossible. I mean, in our client base, you, you would like, it's very difficult to find somebody that's feeding just canned food. Even in your so own practice? World, oh my gosh. Even in our own, even in our own practice. So that's the world we live in. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think you just have to kind of, you know, wake up and smell the roses yep. on that. So that leaves you with so you have to make the best possible dry food that you can. And so that's what we set out to do. The problem with that is, is in a dry food, a kibble, you need some sort of something that is sticky to hold it together. That's right. A and batter, so, a dough, right? Right. And so the way that that's typically done is to use some sort of carbohydrate. Yep. You have to use, you know, a, a starch of some sort. And whether it comes from a grain or comes from potato or comes from tapioca or whatever it is, you have to have something that's going to stick that food together. So what we developed was a diet that uses egg white because you know how sticky oh, egg white is. Oh my goodness, is. I didn't know that. And gelatin. Wow. And so that's the way we get around having carbohydrate in the diet. Now, it's a very difficult diet to make. And it's an expensive diet to make. That's what I think. But it's it's very close to the analysis on a mouse or a bird. No for the kidding. Cat. So we feel comfortable that we're doing the right things with that diet. It also has the advantage that it can reverse diabetes and that cats are, you know, it satisfies their appetite better since it doesn't have the carbohydrate. It's not giving them a sugar spike and making them hungrier yet, which is the other problem Correct. which humans can relate to. Literally, if you have a donut a day, first of all, you don't just have one. That Talk about rehab. You know, you need donut rehab. But the more that you eat of something that spikes your sugar, the more hungry you are, but the more hooked you get on it. And that's a place in the brain, whether it's a dog, a cat, or a human. But with a cat, if all you give them is something which is has a narcotic effect on them, but is deleterious to their health. If that's all you offer them, it's that or, you know, go completely hungry. 
So protein yeah. is really satisfying, right? I mean, do you think it's true for yes. humans too? Or have we messed with oh, our absolutely. own brains more? It, it is? Yes, I think that uh, I'm a big advocate of eggs. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, egg egg is the perfect protein. It is. All other proteins from, uh, you know, proteins are made up of, of amino acids. And so it has the perfect balance of amino acids. So if, if an egg, an egg is one, if you will, on the scale, then everything else is like a 0.7 or a point, you know, some point. Right. That is the gold standard. It is. An egg. In fact, is it not, so, is the egg not the protein against which any other protein is measured? I remember when I was researching right. and writing my books on yeah. pregnancy and childbirth and the need for protein during pregnancy is enormous. It's way higher than any OBGYN tells people or any, any diet book. Women need massive amounts of protein. The best way to get it is as many eggs as you can eat in as many ways as you can eat them. But any other protein, that's the actual measuring stick, if you will, of protein, right? Right. Yes, it is. And the egg white is where the protein is. The yellow has the cholesterol and other nice things, but the egg white is the protein. But even the yolk, where the, uh, you know, the so you have long chain and short chain triglycerides right. and the long chain are the good guys, the short guys, short chain are the bad guys. And egg yolk is the long guy is the long chain, the good guy. Oh, so, I see. you know, the whole, the whole bad rap about cholesterol for eggs is incorrect. It's been debunked m- many times. Yes. Well, yes. isn't that interesting? So you use egg white to not only create something, a batter, if you will, a slurry that can be made into kibble, but that's, that is another way that, you, that the protein is really high, along with the animal meat that's in there. Correct. And therefore, you feed less of it. Like any high-protein food, you need a lot less than a high-carbohydrate food, quantity-wise. I... Well, your cat's going to eat less of it. That, yes. Because they're, they're, Needs they're less. not starving to death all the time. Exactly, because cats yeah. on kitty yeah. crack are constantly hungry and grazing as if they yeah. were sheep when yeah. when cats are not, they're, they're, they're a hunter and they eat out of opportunity, whether it's a mouse or a bird or clean protein in a, in a dish, but they only need a small amount. In fact, small is better for their digestive tract. It's sort of like mouse in, mouse out, and then their guts are supposed to rest, not constantly be churning and trying to make sense of carbohydrates. Dr. Elsie, we've run out of time, but I think this is a really a really wonderful conversation so that people yet again understand, okay, if you, I, I'm shocked that your own clients will admit to feeding dry food, but I guess as long as they're feeding clean protein, it's okay. I would love to get you a control group who listened to Cat Chat after all these years of me excoriating people. I get emails from people saying, no more kitty crack, and my cat is completely different, thinner, more shiny, doesn't shed, more playful, more active, more happy. I, I, but I, you, don't need the, you don't need that control group anymore because you already know what you know, which is what a cat's body really needs and what people want to feed out of habit and convenience and all the rest of it. So... 
Finally, there's a dry food that I don't call kitty crack, and that's that's pretty revolutionary in my world. So thank you for creating it, and the cats, thank you, and the humans who want to put out some dry food, thank you too, which isn't to say that you still shouldn't feed a high-quality canned food that is minus carbohydrates, and I know you also make a whole lot of canned foods, but we've run out of time. So this is really not a commercial. This is really an explanation and a confirmation and affirmation of what I've been telling you for so long. Please believe us. Your cat will have a much longer, much healthier life if you stay away from carbs. And Dr. Elsie and I suggest you too, probably, and your other human family members. Dr. Elsie, thanks again for all you do for the kitties. Well, thank you for all you do, Tracy. Uh, You know, you certainly, through your books and through your radio casts, have been great as far as an advocate for not only cats, but for dogs as well. So thank you. It's a pleasure to be together. Thanks, Dr. Elsie. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry, even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.